Hey everybody, Game Pastor here. I'm back in the tavern and I've got another guest with me today. We're going to be talking about something that has always fascinated me. And I think maybe if you've actually seen it in person, it's probably fascinated you as well. We're talking about LARPing today. And so I want you to stick around. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, and I am here today with Matt, and uh, you know, Matt and I actually have something a lot in common. We're both bishops in our denomination, and uh, it's kind of a fun thing that here we are, both of us sitting here talking about uh, role-playing, LARPing, things of that sort, um, and we were kind of joking around a little bit before we started recording about doing this at, at our General Assembly this year, uh, just to see what would happen. <laughs> How you doing, Matt? It's good to have you with me today. Hey, I'm doing good. It, it is great to be here. This is, like I said, this is my first podcast and definitely first time ever talking like this. So I'm wow. pretty pumped. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed you're in costume. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're wearing there. And uh, I'll let you have it for just a moment and then we'll get into some questions. Okay. So um, I'm a LARPer. I'm, I'm a, I've been to about three games. So I got to tell you that I'm not I'm not one of the extreme ones, and if you were to get into it, you'd see there there's some really extreme, extreme LARPers. Um, but I, I do live action role play, and that's what LARP stands for is live action role play. Um, there are different kinds of LARPs. When you think about LARP, you're probably thinking about maybe what you're seeing me right now, which is more of a Nordic LARP, which is more of your um, Lord of the Rings, you know, if you were into Game of Thrones or or anything like that. That's that's my favorite genre. So I got into medieval fantasy type stuff, watching the Chronicles of Narnia and watching Lord of the Rings and different things like that. So I got into this and 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 I was going to Renaissance fairs and I met some LARPers and I thought, man, I'm just spending a lot of money on things that I'm only wearing once a year. So uh, maybe I could get into this hobby. And so over time, I've built kind of what you what you see me wearing right now. Um, the name of my LARP is Lands of Exile. That is that is the general. That's the main one that I attend. And you you you're supposed to dress like medieval and and different things that you wear gets you different what's called hit points. And um, right here's you got chainmail. So I got my my chainmail. Actually, I just got the chainmail not too long ago. So I'm I'm learning how to to fight in this and this is called a gherkin this is made out of leather and my character is more of a ranger character so um i have a bow and arrow but i, I don't use it much but of course i have my hood and you know i could put that on and and then i have my leather brown and green bracers and my my gloves and if you could see my boots those are brown um i also have some plate metal and stuff that i use um sometimes because it gets you more armor points and we could talk about that more later if you want to but um but my basic kit this is what you're going to look at and we go into the woods uh we go to it i'm from north carolina so there's a place called white lake that we go to it's, it's around the white lake area and we'll go on a friday through sunday and we act out a story and my my larp is more of a uh more of an organic larp which means you get your character, you make your character, you go out and whatever happens to you happens to you. And it's all based on the choice and the decisions that you make. So it's kind of like real life. It's all based on what you do. There's, there is a story, but it's a slight story. It's kind of in the background and how you interact with other people is how you're in the story. Some LARPs are very story heavy. It's very much, you know, they tell you what to do and this is what you do and you act out what they tell you to. This isn't the LARP I'm part of. You, I just, you just go out and do your thing, and, and if you die, you die. So how you win is you don't die. I guess that would be how I tell what I say, what I tell you. 
Okay, so now you you brought up several things I wanted to to, to ask you about, um, and you know take your time answering uh, as much as you want. But first of all, you talked about uh, that you were attending Renaissance fairs. Um, I know a lot of people. I think they kind of push Renaissance fairs and LARPing into the same bucket. Uh, is there a difference between them? There's a huge difference. Um, okay, Renaissance fairs is. A Renaissance fair in its bare bones is a vendor show. It is a bunch of people selling stuff that they've right. created to be part of that world. You have people selling incense and uh, armor and just scented candles and food. And it, it's a fair. And they even have rides that you get on and mm -hmm. all that. And you can dress up if you want to. And you go out there and you just shop. There's no story. There's no anything. Now there is the one I go to is a bigger one. The Carolina Renaissance Fair is actually one of the biggest in the country, and they do have the thing like anything you would see at I don't know if you ever been to a medieval times restaurant right. kind of yeah. deal. I was gonna say there's there's always some kind of um, some kind of combat entertainment something like that that usually goes on uh, that's put on by guys in costumes very similar to yourself some even have full uh plate armor i'm, I'm oh, yeah. just like wow amazed because we're going to talk about cost here in just a minute I, I can only imagine that the cost of those things is you know very prohibitive oh, for so your much. average person um so, so yeah the renaissance fair really like you said it's really more of a vendor fair it's really about going eating food buying homemade candles and you know all that kind of stuff um right. but there is some and I'm using air quotes here and on my screen, it's so small, LARPing involved in that there are people who play out uh, some kind of a, a, a scenario or if, even if they're a vendor of a store, they kind of take on that characteristic of being mm -hmm. a medieval vendor. But that is different from a LARPing group. Like you said, you'll have a story that's really pushing uh, a narrative that's pushing the action. Um, right. What kind of stories do you do you find uh predominate in 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 a larping uh, group well are they combat anything. heavy are they more just adventure or what again i i, I should have finished my thought a while ago it, it it left me but there can be any kind of lark anything can be a lark it okay. don't have to be medieval with the same company that runs my lark is running a western lark in just a few days oh, a few okay. weeks. so it is a western based lark then there's those that have um, more of your steampunk lark Okay, yeah. Um, and there, there are, are post-apocalyptic LARPs. So after the world has ended and we're all left and you have this story that you live out. Um, mine is, like I said, medieval fantasy, high fantasy. So that means there are elves, there are dwarves, there are giants, there are fae, there's all these kind of things. Um, I can kind of tell you the, the gist of our story uh, at Lands of Exile. Um, it's basically, you know, you started out, the world was created. There were good guys and there were bad guys. And the good guys are all these races and the bad guys are these races. Right. And they've always been at war with each other. Well, I think the first war, the good guys won, the bad guys lost. Centuries go by, the bad guys come back up, beat the good guys. Centuries go by, the good guys regain their forces, beat the bad guys. And this time what they do, instead of risking the bad guys coming back, is they put them all on boats and they sent them to their own continent. They're like, we're just going to ship all. Somebody said it's kind of like Australia. Like we shipped you all, <laughs> all the bad guys to the continent. You're all the prisoners. Yeah. All the There's a prison continent that. over there. We, we, don't, we don't talk about the prison continent, right? Right, right. Those are the drow. They call them the drow. So ah, okay. the drow are over there in that continent. And um, there are also, I think, I think again, I'm still new. There's orcs over there. There are goblins and all this kind of stuff. Well, we're living in peace and harmony for years. But all of a sudden, these big creatures that are like huge dinosaurs breathing fire and with wings, dragons. But we didn't know there were dragons in the story. We don't know what dragons are. So they start taking over our continent. And we're all dying and everything. Well, the only other place to go to get away from the dragons are to get on boats and go over to the continent where we just sent all the evil people like centuries ago. So day one, when you start the game, 
like when I, my character, my character's name is Merrick. When Merrick gets off the, my day one, I'm getting off the boat onto wow. this continent where there's all these hostile creatures that could be out there trying to kill me. But there's also the people and the races that have already come over and we've established um, New Haven. New Haven is our, our settlement or whatever. Little settlement. Okay. So I'm interacting with these people and like we're, we're, we have taverns, we have we have uh, factions that you can join and all within you have missions within that. But out of nowhere, an orc can come up and you have to fight the orc and or a, a giant can come up or or the drow can pop up and you have to fight the drow. And mm. um, so that that's basically our story. And, and it, it, it there's a lore behind it that is much deeper than I know. And there are people that have written that story and put so much time into it that I think it would probably take me years to understand everything, wow. but it's, wow. it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like it. You know, in, in fact, as you were talking, you know, you're talking about drow and all that kind of stuff. Of course, a lot of these elements do seem to be taken from either Lord of the Rings or from Dungeons and Dragons, which was also taken pretty heavily from Lord of the Rings. And so mm -hmm. in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking this is like literally live action playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons just without the dice. You know, you're not rolling dice. You don't have a character Absolutely. sheet. But it's still a lot of the same principles. You're going out there. You're taking on the role of this character. You're interacting with the world around you. And it, like you said, there's a lore that's deeper than you know uh, of what's going on, uh, which I just find absolutely uh, fascinating. Um, and I, I told you before we came on about how that we have a we have a uh, an SCA group here in town. And, but they meet on Sunday afternoons, which just conflicts with my church schedule because my church schedule, uh, we, we have church on Sunday afternoons. Mm -hmm. But... Um, but I did want to talk to you a little bit about SCA. I know you, you told me that you really didn't know that much about it. Um, and what little bit I know is that it kind of the same thing, except that it really goes even deeper in that these people, they, they learn their craft. You know, if you're going to play a, a blacksmith, you actually learn how to blacksmith. If you're going to play uh, a lady in waiting, you learn how to do the embroidery and all that kind of stuff. And they, uh, and maybe they're, they're some of the vendors who go to these Renaissance fairs. I don't know, but um, you know, it, it kind of, takes it to that next level where it's more than just a game. These people are actually re-creating uh, the the skills and and the lifestyle. And, and, and I even know that they elect kings and queens to to mm -hmm. kind of be president of the of the society or whatever the case may be. Um, of course, hey, if you're out there listening and you happen to belong to an SCA, we'd love to have you comment down below in the video. Let us know more about it because um, we want to make sure we're giving correct information. Um, but right now we're just kind of going off of what we what we've heard, what we've seen. Um, but these are the guys that you see out there in the park, you know, bashing each other over the head with foam and, and cardboard. Um, but I see you're actually wearing, you know, you're wearing legitimate armor. You're wearing, you know, chainmail. Yeah. You're wearing leather uh, gherkins and all that kind of stuff. And, and I said a minute ago, you know, cost prohibitive. Um, that's got to be expensive. It, it can be. It can be pretty expensive. Now, I, the group you're talking about, the SCA. Um, I, I go to I go to two Renaissance fairs. I go to the Carolina Renaissance Fair and the Virginia Renaissance Fair, and I'm actually starting a Renaissance Fair here on this side of North Carolina. So, oh wow! Um, but the Renaissance Fair that I go to in Virginia would be considered more historic. See, there's historic Renaissance stuff, and then there's their fantasy Renaissance stuff. Right. And you go to a Renaissance Fair, you're going to see both sides of it. Your SCA, from what I understand and from what I've seen at the Virginia one, because a guy talked to me about it, he had the legitimate stuff. I mean, he had the full plate mail, the full there was, but there was nothing fantasy about it. It was they're right. trying to get as close as they can get to the way it actually happened. So yeah, to, to to how it actually was, and like I said, they're recreating the the skills that were lost, you know, all those hundreds of years ago. Um, right. Yeah, that's but still, I mean, whether you make it yourself or whether you buy it, and I'm I, you know, I'm sure you could tell me exactly where you buy your stuff. We're, you've got to be talking on a good, even a reasonable set of of chain mail or something like that. You're talking probably a couple hundred bucks, right? Maybe. Uh, this is this chain mail is going to be more of your costume chain mail. Okay. Um, there's riveted chain mail and there's butted chain mail. And there's a difference. One of them is just like I have, and you probably, I don't know if you can see it kind of, it's just the links that are chained to another link. If I really wanted to, if I really wanted to pull this chain mail, it would probably just rip. 
it, it would come apart because these aren't really fast and very tight. It's cheap. It's I get it just for the costume quality, and um, I am being hit with I can like my weapons, my foam. I'm getting this is foam stuff. I'm getting hit okay. with, so it's not it's not okay. going to hurt. It's not, but it gives me armor points. So I get like if I get if I have this on this arm and this right here, I get 0.5 armor points for every back, front and back with all it. So it don't really matter if it's real or not at that point. Okay. But I, so, I'm trying to think. so for for you guys, then I mean, a costume with costume quality uh, is okay. But like I said, for SCA, these guys are they're putting out the bucks to to have actual chainmail made, have actual plate armor made. Um, and I think that's the about meeting somebody who who is a. Go ahead. I'm there's, sorry. There's a, there, there's a kind of chain mail that isn't like this. That's I think it's either called riveted or budded. Budded. I can't. I, I I confuse which is which. But they have like these locking mechanisms on each chain mail, on each link. Mm. Now those are the ones that are going to get three, four, five hundred dollars. Yeah. This wow. one I can I tell you that imagine. I probably I probably paid. I get my stuff from a store called Medieval Collectibles. Um. I probably paid ninety dollars for the chainmail. Oh, well, that's really that's not nearly as cost prohibitive as I was thinking. I mean, I was literally thinking you're laying out two or three hundred dollars for a for a for a chainmail shirt. Um, mm, just, but still, I mean, that's that's you know, to, to, by the time you get completely kitted out, you're still looking at at, at you know, pretty good investment. And you talked mm -hmm. about that. You said that you know you were you were buying this stuff you were only wearing maybe once or twice a year, and that was why you got in uh, why you got into the LARPing so that you could actually. Right you know, use it more often. Uh, I can only imagine, again, this is something that I've, I've always kind of seen at the distance and I've been like, I really am interested in that. I really would like to see what it's, what it's about. I've been to Renaissance Fair. Uh, I went to college in Waxahachie, Texas, which is uh, right next to uh, the Scarborough Fair, uh, Scarborough Fair. I can't talk today. And uh, so I've been there several times. Um, of course, like I said, we do have SCA here in our, in our community, um, but it's just, it's always been something that's either been unaccessible to me or just you know i've i've just never had the time but you know we say in our intro it's okay to play and one of the things that we talk about it being okay to play is to play in costume to play in in, in uniform that has to be different than just sitting at a table with like i said with the dice and and a, a scrap of paper i mean this this is truly immersive isn't it oh absolutely um there, there's actually something called that people talk oh, uh, about. I've never experienced I lost you there it. I, I, there's something called character bleed that people talk okay. about in LARPing. And I, there's tons of YouTube videos you can look up to learn this stuff. I've never experienced it because it's hard, harder for me to get into character. I, I'm not a good uh -huh. actor. I'm not a good. Um, I'm there for the combat. I'm, th I'm there to beat people up with foam swords. So I can't. But there are certain people. And have a good time, hopefully, right? right. <laughs> you're not just there to beat people up, but you're there to have a good they have time. A good time. <laughs> they have a good time doing that. That's what they're there for. Um, <laughs> but you got people from all walks of life coming to this thing, and they are so seriously into their character mm -hmm. that they immerse themselves so deep into it that when it's time to go back to the real world, they have trouble. Like they really they, struggle with they have character bleed. Some of wow. their made-up character bleeds into their real life. And, and there, there's depression that comes from some people that are able to wow. that come from. Because, again, I come from it from a Christian perspective. I'm, I'm secure right. in who I am in Christ. Yeah. There's some people, who, a lot of people who do this that are not. And they get, they get completely people, lost in their character, yeah. Right. A lot of people, this is their escape from whatever is going on at home for whatever their life is like. This is their escape. So you might be the biggest nerd that everybody picks on all the rest of the month. But that one week in a month that you go LARPing and you're just the biggest, baddest sword fighter dude that that can just beat everybody up and you're the hero of the story for one month or for one weekend, that's like the best thing for you for it. So it's completely immersive. You get there, you um you eat immersive food. There's bards that are going around playing immersive music. There's, you know, immersive weapons. Everything there is immersive. When you go there, you feel like you're stepping out of this world and going into that world. Well, you know, we've, we've talked about on this channel before. Um, I did a wonderful interview with a, a lady called Teresa Blaze, uh, who talked about her 
developing an addiction to uh, online games. Uh, and we've talked about how that, um, you know, when you're sitting around the table, you have to be really careful to remember that it is just a game. Um, and I can, I guess I can see that, you know, being an issue there as well, where people just, like you say, they get lost in that because they're trying to escape from whatever's going on in their real life. Um, you know, we talked about, and I, it, on this channel, we always try to bring out some kind of Christian or life lesson uh, aspect to everything that we talk about. And, uh, you know, I guess that's one of the things you have to be careful of is that you do have to still remember that it is a game, you know, and at the end of the weekend, you know, you got to put on the suit and tie and head back to work or, you know, whatever, get back in the Prius and drive home, you know, um, and you said, you know, as a Christian, and I, I love that you brought that out, is you are secure in who you are in Christ. Right. And I love that because I think that applies even, like I say, even to role-playing games and things like that, where where you, you if you have that solid assurance of who you are, you're less likely to get pulled in to the fantasy of it or the, or the make-believe of it that, that steals you out of reality. But... Right. Um, as Christians, just like with with Dungeon Dragons or other role playing games, a lot of people because they're, because of their Christianity, they shun that. They go, "Oh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in that because, uh, you know, of all the things that are associated with it." Mm -hmm. um, as a Christian, you're out there uh, in costume, you're hanging out with these people, like you said, from all walks of life. Um, how does that affect you, or 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 how do you respond to that? Well, I'll tell you, I had the same reservations. Matter of fact, I, I looked into LARP for about two years before I ever did because of that thing. When I went to the pages, I'm telling you, there are, there are real life Satanists. There's real life uh, pagans. There's real life. I had, you know, I'm from the South. I am from a farm town in North Carolina. I had never in the met. Buckle of the Bible Belt. <laughs> I have never met. I had never met a transgendered person in my life. I had never met anybody that was different than me ever. Yeah. And I was looking on this page and I was seeing the kinds of people that were doing this. And I'm like, if I, if that, if I go in and I feel, and I'm the Christian and they find out about it, is this going to be like a Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego kind of deal? Or man, mm. what's going to happen? Good point. But I am, um, I, they were going to have a get together at somebody's house. I'm like, well, you know something, that's that's i can leave if this at somebody's house if i gotta go i can go so i messaged the guy whose house it was i'm like hey i'd love to go to your house to this get together and it's like you can wear your your cosplay or whatever or not cosplay but armor or whatever and just like role play and um he said i looked at your profile and i noticed that you're a christian i'm like oh no here we go well come to find out he's one of the head people he's a christian oh wow and yeah, he, he's a Christian. He's like, look, I want to tell you, this is the biggest mission field I've ever been a part of. He, he's like, actually, he created this game and the people who are part of it don't even realize it. There are Christian themes that he has put into the game. So when they're playing, some of them are actually playing Christian themes. And he also said there's no real world religion in the game. So right. if there's you're not going to have to do a seance to satan you're not going to have to do anything like that within the game he's like everything in the game is fake and everybody knows it's fake he's like they were actually they were going to get out get together and go to some kind of pagan festival as the group and he, he they stood there and said you can't do that there's no there's no real world religion in this right so they're, they're getting into that so i went and i meet i've met these people and they, and I, I've talked to my church about this. I've talked to my, I'm a youth pastor. So I've talked to my young people about it. Um, it I don't, do you know who John Maxwell is? I mean, yes. Uh -huh. You know, John Maxwell, yeah. he did, he did a, um, we watched one of his videos. Now he, he applied this principle to the business world. Sure. He, he, he decided, you know, he's a Christian, but he found himself hanging out with a bunch of people that were not Christians. And so he found out, you know, being the best business person he could be, that he was spreading the light of Jesus to people that they didn't even realize it. And he'll say, he'll tell you, there are five things that are keys to my success. Success Today, I'll tell you four of them. And he'll tell them four of them. Yeah. But when they come to him and say, hey, what's the fifth one? He'll be like, you're not ready for that. 
and you're not ready for it. Like they would go so long and ask them what the fifth one is. Then finally one of them's mom dies or, or something happens in their life. And they're like, they're broken people. He said, okay, now you're ready to hear it. And that's when he spreads the gospel to them. And I find myself, I found myself as a pastor. I was only hanging out with Christian people. Right. Yeah. I was with people that looked like me, church people. And when I, when, when I branched out and started hanging out with LARPers, number one, I found out that a church can learn a lot from communities that are different than they are mm-hmm. because I've never been the oddball out before. Now I was like, I know what it's like now for a sinner to walk into my church and not know the music we're singing, not know the words that we're saying, not understand and not know anybody. That's exactly how wow. I was when I went to LARP. Yeah. I walked in, they were talking about a world I didn't know about. They were talking about a story I didn't know about. They were talking about all this stuff that I didn't know about, but they welcomed me in. Like this is the the be- one of the best communities I've ever been part of. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about I find myself sitting at tables with Satanists and um people who believe completely differently than I do. But yet we're hanging out. I'm going to lunch with them. I'm loving them. I'm hugging on them when they when I see them. And man, it's just it has opened my eyes. It it, it has opened my eyes spiritually to things. Wow. You know, in fact, I just I just preached a sermon Sunday uh, at our church about being a friend to sinners and, you know, about Jesus going to the house of Zacchaeus, you know, who was this horrible publican, sinner, cheat, you know, thief. And and just by being in his house, something happens, something changes in Zacchaeus's life. And he he says, Lord, I'm going to give back, you know, everything that I've stolen. And if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to pay it back four times. And he's having this life-changing moment, and yet the the religious leaders who are outside of the house are griping and complaining, saying, "Oh, Jesus has gone to hang out with this sinner." <laughs> you know? And yeah. and Jesus's reply is, "I tell you the truth, salvation has come to this house." Right. And you know, I mean, it was just it was it was a good message, a very powerful message about how that we need to be willing to step outside of our comfort zones and go be around sinners because like you i've been in i've been in ministry for a long time i've been in ministry for over 30 years and i found myself as my ministry experience went on you know i was hanging out with just church people i was hanging out with other ministers i was hanging out with christian circles and i suddenly found that i had zero non-christian friends i had zero contacts in my phone uh for non-christians i was not participating in any way with people who were not already in relationship with Jesus Christ. And I realized how 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 am I being successful in fulfilling Matthew 28:19 which is to go and you know make disciples or Mark 16:15 go and preach the gospel if if the only people that I'm hanging around with are people who are already saved, you know. Um I had I, I realized in myself I've got to get to where I'm around people who are, are needing to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, which means I have to go to where they're at. They're not gonna come to me. Right. I pastored churches where we sat on the same corner for you know 50 years, the church building had not me, but you know, the church building had sat on the same corner for 50 years and people were you know walking right past it, didn't even know it was a church. You'd go up to them and you'd say, hey, I'm pastor at such and such church. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that that church existed. You know. Um, because they got into that place where they were just like, well, we're just going to wait for everybody to come to us rather than obeying what Jesus had said about going to where they're at. Um, and I mean, listening to you talk about how that you're you're literally sitting down at, at lunch with Satanists, with atheists, with transgender people, people that you would never see walk through the doors of your church. No. And you're having a and chance it, to shine the light. You're right, having a chance to, to present Jesus. Yeah, I've got I've got two Facebook pages and I've I've added you on both. I have the yeah. one that you're going to see all my fantasy stuff, my game stuff, and then I have my regular youth pastor page. That's my my everyday life one. Um I, when I started, I only had the church one. And right. the people I was larping with, they didn't want to be part of that. They didn't want to be part of the church one and see all my church advertisements and my sermons and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, church people didn't want to see all my LARPing stuff. There, there's, I have been judged more by church people for LARPing than mm-hmm. I have by LARPing people for being tr- a church person. Oh, wow. And so mm-hmm. um, so I've, I made two, two Facebooks and 
a victory is when one knows who I am and they still add me on that other Facebook. And those right. are the ones that right. at times they've asked for prayer and at times they've asked for, because what I think about what, what greater harvest field than a bunch of people who a lot of them don't like themselves. A yeah. lot of them, this is their escape from who they actually are. And like, what, what, I don't know. It's just, I've prayed. Like I pray, like I pray in the spirit on the way to every LARP game that I go to. I'm like, God, somehow let me be a light. God, somehow, mm. Lord, don't, let me let me affect the darkness. Don't let the darkness ever affect me, but let me be a light in the darkness. Amen. Because I can look at those same people. I'm like, you know, you think this is good. I got a new life for you. Like, I, I well, <laughs> well, what if, what if I, I, I can, you could be a new creation every day. Like, well, what, what yeah. if you can find out, have a, have a relationship with your creator and love who you are all the time. Like it's yeah, that's, it's a mission, and that's exactly how we should approach everything. I mean, not just LARPing, not just role playing games, sitting around a table as a game master. I mean, you know, I I run a game at my local library for teenagers for for kids, right. and they know they've known since day one. I am the pastor of a church. I am called the game pastor. I've invited them to like this channel. I've invited them to like the Facebook page and and to do the podcast on Spotify. Um, knowing that I'm going to talk about things that maybe they're not comfortable with. I'm going to talk about spirituality. I'm going to talk about Christianity, but I wanted them to be a part of that because I wanted to at least give them that opportunity to respond and be able to say, I heard you on the podcast last week and I, and I, I wanted to ask you about a relationship with Jesus Christ or something like that. Um, right. You know, we've, we've got to start looking at every interaction that we have as being a mission field of being an opportunity for us to shine the light of Jesus Christ in the darkness. Um, you know, we have churches that don't want to do trunk or treat or, 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 or um, harvest festivals or things like that. Cause you know, they don't want to have anything to do with, with Halloween. And yet my thinking on this is, but that's where the people are. That's where people are, are coming and they're already open to receiving something from you. Go ahead and, and get them the good news of Jesus Christ while you have their attention. Um, whether they're knocking at your door to get a piece of candy or whether they're coming to your church to participate in, in you know cornhole or whatever the case may be, they're already there and they're ready to receive something just well, you know, along with the full-size snicker bar, hand them a track of John, you know, something like that. Yeah, that gets the good news of Jesus Christ out there. Um, you know, I'm not trying to to make everything an evangelistic moment. But if you're not there, how are you ever going to have that moment? You know, when that moment does arrive, how are you going to be able to have it if you're never there? If you're locking yourself up inside of a church and you're saying, hey, I don't want to be a part of, of anything that's secular or anything that's going on out there. Man, you've literally locked out your, your entire mission field and said, we don't want anything to do with you. That's, mm, that's unfortunate uh, that so many Christians have, have adopted that perspective. And yet, like you said... Those of us who try to break the mold and try to step out into the world and be friends with sinners, we get, we get ostracized and criticized from the very people who should be supporting us and saying, yes, we're right here with you. We're right behind you uh, as your support uh, system for reaching the lost. Um, you know, that's that's just amazing to me. It's always blown my mind. And like I said, I've been in ministry now for 30, almost 35 years. And to see that kind of reaction, how we've just literally drawn the line in the sand and said, nope, we're not going to participate in this because it might make us have to interact with transgender people, or it might make us have to interact with, with Satanists or whatever. Um, man, but that's what an opportunity, what an opportunity, you know, you know there, Jesus I, had, go ahead. And, you know, I struggled. And I guess the questions that I, I had was, you know, I grew up, you know, in the early nineties, uh, I, I was a bit, I'm still a big Carmen fan. Like, Carmen was the guy, you know, do you know who Carmen is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, I'm, he was, I'm, I'm 53 years old. I know who Carmen is. Just making sure. I just want to assume, you know, um, you know, he would do his old shows, you know, Time 2 and his older music videos like Witch's Invitation. And he would mm -hmm. he would use the word, you know, Dungeons and Dragons games. So Dungeons and Dragons games and Ouija boards were always kind of there together. Yeah. And, and so I kind of struggled with that idea because I knew LARPing was akin to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Because 
I used to work at Walmart and I used to sit at a table with a bunch of people who did Dungeons and Dragons. And I, I, I probably was judgmental back then because I didn't know anything about it. But, you know, the more into it I got, I realized it's just like anything else. You got to learn what you can have, what you, where you can be, what you can do and get rid of the stuff that you can't. And you got, that's part of being a, a, alive. I mean, that's what you got. Jesus said, I didn't come to take you out of this world, but while you're in this world, you know, you got to learn how to be in it, but not of it. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. So LARPing, I've never had an instance where I felt where I was uncomfortable because I, I was really looking around for it. Like I was looking around. Um, now there was a time somebody asked where it was asking if I wanted to join a faction called the demon hunters that that's part of our group. And they were talking about one of, I guess the mods or the little stories they had to do. They were chasing this one demon and that demon had gone back to wherever. So they found out if they could commit suicide in the in game, commit suicide mm -hmm. and be resurrected while they're dead, they could go fight the demon and then be resurrected back to life. And I said, you know something that that would be too deep for me. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I, um, I, I learn, would have to, learn where the draw where where you need to draw the line. Is, and say, there I, are I lines. There are lines, and you do you can draw it, but you got to learn how to you know be in the world but not of it. You have to learn how right. to be because you have right. to get dirty to hang out with sinners. I mean, you're going to yeah. might get a little dirty. I mean, you might be in places like that, but you also have to be separate and. Mm -hmm. And so, well, you know, Jesus, what, Jesus sat down at the table with Zacchaeus, but he didn't participate in, in the thievery and the cheating that Zacchaeus participated in. He, he was still, he was still the light in the darkness. You know, he, he was, he was exposing, uh, in Zacchaeus what Zacchaeus needed to change rather than being like you were saying, rather than having the darkness influence him. Um, right. and I think again, you know, if you're a good, strong Christian, man, that's the places you need to be is you know at the local hobby shop playing dungeons and dragons with with people being involved in larping you know uh doing those kinds of things as long as you know this is where the line is and i cannot cross it but i'm willing to invade the territory as it were to be a light in darkness um we, we've given up so much the church has and, and i and because you are also a bishop you understand where i'm coming from in this, um, you know, as bishops, we're called to serve. <clears throat> we're called to 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 be servants and and to to facilitate people's uh, path to becoming what God wants them to be. And I, I find that I'm I'm more comfortable now, after all these years, of doing that for someone who has never been saved than trying to convince somebody who has gotten comfortable sitting on a pew that they need to get active for Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, that sounds terrible, but it's true um, that a lot of the times you can take somebody who's a brand new Christian, they just got saved because you were there in their life and you can say, hey, let's let's get active for Jesus Christ. And boy, they they run with it like a hot potato, man. They're, they're just, they're crazy for it. They wanna do everything they can for Jesus Christ. Whereas you've got, you know, old sister Papoofnik sitting on the third row, you know, she's got her arms crossed. Nope, nope, never going to do it. You know, uh, not trying to pick on church people. I'm not, but just making an observation that when we go out into the world and we begin to transform or see people's lives transform, not that we do it, but that we do it or we see it through Jesus Christ. The change that comes over them is so much greater than what we see about people who have already locked themselves away and, and segregated themselves from ministering to people who are in need. Um, and I, I love, I mean, I know I brought you on here for an interview, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just inspired to, to see how you're going out there and ministering. You're not going out there preaching and, you know, browbeating people with the Bible, but you're there you're making relationships and you are opening up that opportunity, opening up that door for, like you said, somebody who calls you up or texts you on Facebook and says, man, I need prayer. Um, you know, what an opportunity that that you have and what an opportunity for people like you who are Christians, who are willing to go into these places and say, we're here and we're here to minister and to be a light in the darkness. Um, that's just, that's awe-inspiring. I'm really, truly, I'm just like, wow, what a great, 
opportunity you guys have got to do that. Um, and I wish more people, more Christians would be willing to do that and be willing to step out of their comfort zones and say, I'm willing to get uncomfortable. I'm willing to get a little dirty so that I can reach this community or reach these people with the love of Jesus Christ. Right. Absolutely. And they're there. I mean, it's, you know, and I, and I look now as a student pastor and I look at the students that are coming to my church now, you know, I don't have the jocks. I, I don't have, I don't have the football players. I don't have the basketball players. I probably, I don't have the popular kids in high school. And I, I look at youth pastors and that, that typically is the, the direction they go. Like the youth pastors yeah. love to go to the football games. They love to go to the basketball games. I'm the one going to the drama club. I'm the, I'm right. the one that's going to your, 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 whatever your video games. Like I'm playing Elder Scrolls online with you on whatever on PlayStation. And I'm, you know, those are my kids. That's my mission field. And, you know, it, it's all in what God calls you to is, you know, it, your, your hobbies and your gifts and your, Things that you like don't have to be separate from your calling. They can be a part of your calling. Um, That's good. Yeah. It, it can be part of like God. There's different people, and you find a whole mission field. Nobody that I know of, no youth pastors around this area or anything, are ministering to LARP, or LARP people, or Dungeons and Dragons people, or Renaissance Fair people, or or whatever. And it, there's hundreds upon hundreds of that of people that do that around here, but there's nobody spreading the gospel to them. Yeah. Nobody, nobody there. Because again, we've, we've, we've shut that door. We've said, we don't want, we don't want that spilling into our life because we have this preconceived and not necessarily biblical idea of what living a Christian life is all about. I mean, I, I'm even amazed at the number of people who are outside of Christianity who think that we have to behave a certain way. I, I get messages all the time on our YouTube channel and, and our, our, our feeds for our church about, you know, well, I thought Christians were supposed to be this. I thought Christians were supposed to be that. And it's like, well, where did you get that? Where did you get that information? Have you actually interacted with Christians uh, to know that, hey, we're we're not what you think we are, that we're human beings, that we enjoy the same things. We like to go out for a cheeseburger and a Coke after after work. We like to, you know, we like to sit down and watch a, a, a movie on Saturday nights. Um, but we also follow the Lord with all of our hearts and everything that we do, the Bible says, we are to do it as unto the Lord. And that, to me, would include role-playing games. That would include LARPing. That would include, you know, anything of that of that nature to say, I'm here to be a light for Jesus Christ in the darkness. And I don't have to go and hunt the moths down, but the moths will come to the light because they're they're hungry for it. Um, and just being that opportunity it reminds me of when I was in the Navy. Uh, I, I think me and like maybe one or two other guys on board the boat were professing Christians. And uh, I was always amazed at the number of guys who would come by and, and knock on on my barracks door and say, hey, can can you pray for me? Can you, uh, you know, give me a little counsel? And I, I wasn't necessarily the strongest Christian back then, um, but they knew that I went, you know, every time we were in port, I was going to, to church service. And, you know, just just being that light, just being there, how that opens up an opportunity, opens up a door to go further, to begin to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe, if nothing else, plant a seed, plant a seed that, you know, Paul says one one waters, one plants, but God gives the increase. You know, you, you put it out there and hopefully somewhere in that person's life, that seed will germinate and develop into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, but it has to start with the willingness to go, the willingness to be there in those situations. Even, even if the rest of the church says, oh, you're weird or we don't support that, you say, this is my calling. This is my mission field. I'm going. Um, right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm nerding out now. I'm the one who's geeking out <laughs> over this because to me, I just I see that opportunity. You know, I see that chance to go in and do something. And reach people that, like I said, would never darken the door of your church, but you're there with them and 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 giving them the light of Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I need to stop talking. Just stop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's turning into what you wanted it to turn into or not, but that's, um, yeah, that's 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 the biggest part of why I do what I do in anything. Amen. 
And my, my, unfortunately, what I'm having to do is with this group of people is I'm having to undo a lot of church hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm having to undo what somebody else has done wrong. Mm. I, I'm, I'm having to undo where they hate Christianity, not because of Jesus, but they hate Christianity because somebody told them they were going to hell and all they could do was tell them they were going to hell because they were transgender. That's all they could tell them. And now this transgender person thinks that Christians shouldn't love them. But now I walk into the room and I'm bear hugging the transgender person and going out to lunch with this, obviously a guy, but dresses like a girl with a mustache and everybody's freaking out because of it. But I'm eating Asian food with them and, and just never bring it up. He knows I'm a Christian. I know, but he's telling me, but when they talk about well the Christianity or whatever, sometimes I'll put a winky face and they're like, Well, not you, Matt. We know what we know about you. But it is I'm talking about other Christians. Right. You know, yeah. and so I, I want to be to that place where, you know, when you think about Christian, I want to be a Paul. And I know that's I mean, that's a high standard to say, but follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. Follow me as I follow Christ. Like And Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might reach absolutely. some. You know. Yeah, this what a great mission field that is, you know. Um, one more topic that I wanted to cover before we, we before we bring this to a close was the differences between cosplay and LARPing. Um, those are not necessarily the same, are they? No, they are not. No. Um, well, I will say this. You could be a LARPer and go to a cosplay event. I don't know that you can necessarily go and cosplay to a LARPing event. Uh, it's it's two different worlds isn't it right right um because you go to a a comic con a comic con i've never been to one but i I obviously everybody just about everybody that goes larping also is into that too right so if you're a cosplayer like we were talking about i would you dress more like in a marvel superhero or a dc superhero or anime character or or whatever, and you go to these events and people see who you are and, and you dress like a specific character. Now, me as a LARPer, um, I made my character. This is this is somebody that I I looked on um, Pinterest and Etsy and played Skyrim and and all this kind of stuff and, and put together different elements that I liked and named it, came up with my own backstory and all that, this is my character. Now I don't. So it's it's your OG. It's your your original me. character. Your original idea. Yeah. Merrick, Merrick belongs to me, but if I can dress like Merrick and go to a cosplay event, like I'm just a dude in a costume, nobody cares. Right. Um. But if I were to show up at Lands of Exile next week, dressed like Batman, <laughs> that would be that would be something you, wrong. You with. might stay out like a sore thumb right right because there is no batman in that world that is a different world there they they will look at like who's batman who's superman who's whatever right and so it it, it would be completely different and so yeah it it is two reminds me of the did you see the episode of um what is it big bang theory where where they all dressed up like Star Trek characters and they went to a Renaissance fair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah they, they really stuck out like sore thumbs. But, I mean, it was funny. It was obviously the joke of, of the episode. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, it's one thing to go, like you say, to a cosplay, to a, to a Comic-Con or something like that, and you're dressed up in your LARPing regalia, and nobody cares because everybody there is in some kind of costume. But when you go into a LARPing or, you know, obviously, like you say, a very story-driven uh, community like that, and you just show up in some kind of anachronistic outfit, people are going to go, whoa, wait a minute, you're, you're in the wrong spot. You're, 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 not, uh, you're not appropriately dressed, shall we put it that way, uh, right. to be a part of this. Um, so yeah, there's, that's a pretty big difference. Um, and I know, and again, going back to the cost prohibitiveness of it, uh, I know a lot of those those cosplayers, man, some of those costumes that they that they create, that they build are probably run close to a thousand dollars or more um, or more. Absolutely. Yeah. Or more because <laughs> they're trying to replicate what's either drawn in a comic book or or, you know, that has a movie studio behind it to make costumes. And, you know, it's a, it's a totally different world. Um, 
Now you 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 talked about how that you you kind of pieced your character together mm -hmm. by all these different these different things, and that is what makes that character uniquely yours. I mean, nobody else at a LARPing convention or a LARPing game is going to show up wearing the exact same costume. They're not going to show up playing the exact same character because Merrick is yours. He is uniquely yours. Mm -hmm. um, but have you ever have you ever come across where there might be some pretty close similarities to where it's like, you know, this almost beyond coincidence or, or is it like you say, everybody is just unique. Everybody comes in a very unique character in a very unique place. Right. Well, my specific LARP, there are no Rangers. Rangers is not a class. Okay. Um, and being in Dungeons and Dragons, you know about the different classes and different. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we have warriors, we have rogues, but we don't have Rangers. And to be a Ranger, like I am, you either have to pick warrior or rogue right. and i can see a ranger being either one of them but sure, yeah they fit into both categories i, I picked the warrior because i'm more into melee i'm more into you know all this all these are my shields and my swords this isn't this is my actual room this isn't a green screen um but um i'm more into melee now i'm going to my a, a larp event next week that i've never been to and it's called weekend warrior and Weekend Warrior happens in South Carolina. It is heavy combat, no fantasy, like hard, like very little fantasy. In other words, right. there's no dwarves, elves. And they existed maybe at one point, and we can talk about them, but there's nobody there that is an – everybody is a warrior. Everybody's a human warrior. And okay. um, the faction that you – you have to join a faction. So either you join – think it's the sea lords which are like vikings um the kingsmen different ones and there are rangers and so i've joined the ranger faction now i look at all the people that are in ranger clothes and i'm like okay that's very similar to what similar to what i'm what i'm wearing um this is like the pants that i wear and the gherkin and some of this actually you i bought the outfit off medieval collectibles so Sure. Yeah. You can look at the, I want this outfit, click add to cart, go, and they send it to you. Now, like I bought this one separate. I got these at a Renaissance festival. I like the gloves I made out of garden gloves and the boots I got from like Walmart. But um, just just the way I put them all together, it's still going to be unique. It, it would be very surprising if I found somebody who had exactly what I had. But yeah. this thing, you're going to be pretty similar. Similar. Yeah. So again, going back to that comparison between cosplay and LARPing, you know, you walk into a, to a Comic-Con, you're going to see, you know, 50 different Batmans, probably 70 different Spider-Mans, who knows how many anime cat girls, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. But when you go into your LARPing uh, scenario, you are unique. You are one of a kind in that scenario, which again, I think that that really does um, help in that, shining the light because people will now recognize you for who you are uh, not only in the game but even outside of the game and, and begin to to make that connection that if you like i said if you were just to show up in a generic costume you're like everybody else who's in a generic costume right um you know and 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 and, and the fact that you were talking about how that you're having to to go through and kind of dispel some of the the preconceived notions or some of the church hurts that these people have experienced um having it be uniquely you i think really does um anchor that to say not every christian is a cookie cutter of the other ones we're not all the same we don't all have the same prejudices we don't all have the same um animosities towards certain things but you know the one thing that does anchor us all together is the love of jesus christ and that's what i'm here to show you um you know i again my brain is just going like a thousand miles an hour, just thinking of all the different ways that this can be applied um, to, to the to the mission that Jesus has put before us. Um, and I, I don't want to I don't want to veer off into that conversation again. We just we had right. a wonderful conversation about it. Um, what you talking I guess about? One thing I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, well, you talking about the um, our characters being unique? The one thing about it is is my character can die. Mm -hmm you die and when you die your character actually dies 
And there's an, especially for people who have done the same character for years. And like you get five soul shards, five soul shards. That's what five lives. And when those five lives are gone, your character's dead. And a lot of them, I mean, I've, I've seen them, they actually give them funerals. There's crying, like literally crying because that character is so unique you can't just pop back up and be nobody can ever be that character again like merrick if merrick dies nobody can pop up and be merrick again like i can continue playing i can make a new character like you can have multiple characters if i wanted to come make another character next week i have to um redo a character sheet and all that kind of stuff but i can make multiple characters you can do that right but i can't i could never be this one again so that there's an emotional attachment to these characters wow and it really i mean it obviously like you said this is something that bleeds over into their real life and it becomes really such an integrated part of who they are that you know not only do you have to be careful about that but at the same time i think maybe you could you could find a way to to make that uniqueness and that specialness of a character um really have an impact in their real life um because now now they're getting to see the who you are through the game through the through the larping but it, and it's it's carrying over into their real life and when they're sitting in their home in that situation that they're trying to escape from and they go man i remember that character merrick played by matt who you know showed me such love and showed me such compassion that you know they're willing to reach out to you now because they have that um that unique connection with you um again i i apologize my my brain is just on fire right now uh because reaching the lost of course should always be our primary concern and and to see this as a wonderful opportunity to do that but we can still have fun yes we can still go and have a good time um you know, just like I sit down, and I play Dungeons and Dragons. I, I I don't every time have to sit there and witness to everybody who sits at my table. I'm having fun with them, but at the same time, I'm letting them know I'm here as a light to to whatever you're going through. You know, my teenagers at, at my table, they know they can come talk to Game Pastor. They can talk to me about anything that's going on in their world. Um, and I will listen because I am pastor. You know, I will take that into my confidence and I will listen to what they're going through. Um you know, it gives me such an opportunity to to have a connection with teenagers that I would probably never, ever see if I just waited for them to show up in church, to show up in youth group. Um, you know, and again, you have that same opportunity to reach out to people that you know they would never walk through your door at your church, but you're there with them. Um, that just, oh, that's 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 in my wheel well. You know, that's that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be a part of is reaching people where they're at, being a friend to, to sinners as, as Jesus was and, and saying, I'm, I'm here to love you and I'm here to love you right into the arms of the everlasting father. Uh, you know, um, that's, that's just incredible. Matt, I appreciate so much you coming on and, and being with that's me so tonight. Fun. I love this. This is awesome. Yeah, this has been absolutely great. And I hope that we can do it again. I hope we can have an opportunity to have you back on and we'll talk some more about some different aspects of, of LARPing and uh, costume creation and all that kind of stuff we didn't really get a chance to get into tonight. But man, this has been incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for the inspiration that you have given me. And I hope you've given everybody who's listening to the podcast or watching it on YouTube you can take this thing that you call a hobby and you can make it into your ministry. You can make it into your mission field. Don't be afraid to step outside of the comfort zone and go to where the people are at, to go into the darkness, shining the light of Jesus Christ as you go. Man, thank you again, Matt. Thank you for for coming on and sharing that with us. Um, This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, if, if you are new to this channel, please make sure you like and subscribe. Share this video with all of your friends because you know they're interested in what's going on over here at the Game Pastor and they're interested in what we're talking about. Um, and if they're not, make sure that they are. <laughs> we, we want you to know something right now. Matt and I both, like I said, we're both bishops. We both belong to the same organization. Um, we want you to know that 
not every church out there is is standoffish and shut the doors on you. There are people like us who are in positions in the church who love you and we care about you and we want to show the love of Jesus to you. This is one of the reasons why I always bring the, the conclusion of our videos to the same words. God loves you and we love you and we want to talk to you again soon. Leave a comment down below. You can always email me directly at thegamepastor at gmail.com. I read every message I get through there. And uh, I want you to know that I pray for you and uh, we're loving you. We want to love you right home into the arms of the everlasting father. Amen, Matt. Amen. Absolutely. All right. God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon.